The fundamental thing for me is we need to give people choices for how they want to manage their lives in and outside of work. What we're trying to improve for women are exactly the, the improvements or, or the benefits that men want too. This is no longer a choice. It's business imperative that you figure out how you are able to create a business that is attractive to all kinds of diverse people. Hello and welcome to the Rewire podcast, a podcast that aims to rewire the real estate industry one story at a time. In this podcast, we talk about all things diversity and inclusion from gender, ethnicity, background and sexuality to the diversity of roles there are in the industry to the diverse skill sets required and the need for diverse and inclusive thinking. I'm your host, Sam McClary, and on today's episode, I'm very excited to welcome back to the podcast studio, Kayla Finspith, who is Chief Executive of Real Estate Balance. Hey, Kayla. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good. Now, the title of today's conversation, some people might think is just a touch ironic, given that um, we are two women, but um, dear listeners, do bear with us, because today we are going to be having a male conversation, because um, quite often when we talk about diversity in real estate, we obviously talk about gender. Yep. And when we talk about gender, we tend to talk about women. But there are more than just one gender, isn't there? <laughs> there's, uh, there's the males as well, the boys too. So we thought it's probably about time that we talk about, about the boys. And when we talk about diversity, should we also be thinking about their needs and how businesses needs to be businesses needs to be inclusive when it comes to what the men need <laughs> ironically yes <laughs> <laughs> um and i think i think it's been a really interesting 10 months so far in my role and the meetings and conversations that i've had around the sector and if you if you look at our research um a lot of the verbatim comments that came back in the report we launched earlier this year was still a, a pushback from men thinking, why are we talking about this so much? This isn't an issue. Um, everyone should be promoted on merit and hired on merit. And, um, you know, we're hearing that in our conversations as well, that that men are feeling positively discriminated against at the moment. They're worried about their own job prospects. They assume that the women, the woman will get promoted or a woman will get a role. And so it, it's become a business issue because, you know, leaders and managers are having to deal with this as well. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what we're trying to achieve to improve the um, work life and environment for women, I believe men want that too. And in the conversations that I've been having, that's exactly what I'm finding. And, um, you know, we, we, we often say, you know, we can't go on this um, we, we can't make things better for women with a net with a, a zero sum benefit to men. You know, we have to bring men with us. And actually, I, I don't think we need to pay that lip service. I actually think that we can make the workplace better for men too. And 
and and we can touch on that in more detail in in this session really yeah i think uh, i had actually um i wrote a, uh, a leader one of my typical leaders not too long ago um uh, on my soapbox which is you know something I do fairly often and I was talking about um, it's about Rob Knoll actually standing down from Landsec and I said that Landsec now has an opportunity to do something something different and you know I thought I was being all encouraging and then I had a um, a meeting with um, a, a man in the industry or a man who was looking for a new job in the industry and quite typical um, real estate person and they said Oh, cheers for that, Sam. You know, like you've just made life even harder for me now because it, you know, it's it's difficult to walk into a role as male, pale. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't stale, but um, it's smelling <laughs> very fresh. Uh, but you know, now you've now you've done it again, and and like it's, it's difficult for us. And I think, you know, clearly, um, there ha- it's been difficult for women too. But I think this has to be about work balance for men and women doesn't it it's about creating environments that enable people to be people and I think one of the um, interesting aspects around um, diversity is um, the the role that the men have to play in in the industry in terms of when we talk about shared parental leave um, let's uh, let's start with that I suppose that there's probably quite a lot of men out there who feel that if they took six months off that there'd be a different view of them because that's not a, it's not a male I'm dead or I'm doing air quotations mm. we're on a podcast um but it's not a male role to be at home and want to look after the kids which is you know a crock isn't it yeah completely I mean to be honest th- this is what I'm finding so what we're trying to improve for women are, are are exactly the the improvements or, or the benefits that men want to and so in in my travels we um, I'm really passionate about parental leave shared parental leave because I think it's it's one of those fundamental um, things that we can change that in terms of corporate structure so it, it's not just about shared parental leave but it's about creating equality for all and and creating starting us off on a base of equality and it's not just about shared parental leave because that's somewhere between you know three and three months in a year um it it then needs to move on to actually how we set up environments for if we're just talking about parenting at this at the moment how we set up environments for co-parenting and co-working because we you know the generations that sit at the tops of property businesses right now are typically men with wives who stay at home and look after the children the young millennials in our businesses today will not look like that when they get to those leadership positions. And the experience that I'm having, particularly from millennial men, so maybe in their 30s, some of the older ones, and um, they're in the trajectory of their careers, they've got young kids at home, and they're actually asking me, Kayla, I'm tired, I'm stressed out, I'm expected to work like a man, putting up my air quotations. And um, how do you do it? How did you work and raise kids? And I need some help in doing this because their partners at home expect them to be co-parenting. They want to be co-parenting, yet they're not given any flexibility in the office the way women might be had they come back from maternity leave. And so I think what's really important in terms of creating environments for men to be the co-parents that we want them to be is that if we can get the platform right across 
business, across corporates, across the sector, um, then what, what we do in helping men get there absolutely helps women too. And, um, you know, in terms of shared parental leave, there's absolutely a stigma, to, a stigma within all businesses that we're trying to break down and that, that a lot, a couple of the leaders and many of the leaders around this area in the sector, so British Land were early adopters, Grosvenor early adopters, and Grosvenor's policies is, is actually global. And, um, you know, they're having to have senior men set an example that this isn't just a policy, but actually um, you won't be perceived as less ambitious. You won't be perceived to be stalling your career. And in fact, it's okay to want to be an active hands-on parent and you won't be penalized. But, you know, that's just the starting point in terms of shared parental leave. And I think what we then need to carry on with is this whole idea of, agile and flexible working for all across businesses so that we can, again, we're still on the topic of parenting, so that we can look after our children for 18 years, not just the first six months. So this is about changing corporate structures. And I don't think we're going to make substantial or significant change for women in business until we change the corporate structure. And as soon as we start talking about equality for all, then we're talking about um, same-sex parents and we're talking about leave for surrogacy or adoption and you're starting to actually bring intersectionality into this conversation for all and it's not just about women. Um, so yeah, I feel pretty passionate about this. <laughs> so here's the big question, how do you change corporate structure? Well, I, th I think we just, we need to be thinking very differently than the way we have traditionally. So as I say, it's it's pretty factual that you know, most of the men leading businesses and even most of the executive leadership that are men have have a support structure at home. And so, and the reason I make that point is the bandwidth that they have to focus on work or to travel or to stay late to meetings or to network outside of, of work hours, you know, they, they, they don't ever have to think about home life in that regard. So, so again, this is really about leveling the playing field and, and wanting to to create a level playing field for all. And, and I believe from what I'm hearing from the younger men, that's what they want. They want to be able to take paternity leave. Often some of the executives who want it, their CEOs have to approve it. Mm -hmm. And they're worried their CEO won't approve it. And actually it's the CEO who's putting this, this you know, it's, it's implemented into the business as an initiative. So, so we're actually seeing that gap. What our research has shown is what leadership are sort of saying is happening in the business or what they want to happen in the business isn't the lived experience in the business. So we're really having to um, walk the talk, I suppose, mm. and, and change things. And, and again, through leadership and, and role models on the male side, start start changing this sure so we need some more examples of of those men who have who work flexibly and whether they have children or, or not and say do you know what actually i'm going to leave at four o'clock because i want to go to the gym or i will actually uh, i've done my work for today and feeling a bit stressed and i'm going to take some time time out and that's okay and it doesn't make me less ambitious less of a less of a man it's it's getting my work-life balance right and and looking after looking after myself so I can deliver in, yeah. in work. I mean, the work-life balancing is so difficult because I'm not, I'm not sure anybody is really achieving work-life balance at the moment and it's what everybody talks about striving for. So in, in agile working, you know, first of all, I think agile working needs to be for all. It's not a mother's initiative. It's not a parent's initiative. It is for everyone. 
and um and so that that's really the starting point and then again agile working isn't about shortening your hours or leaving the office at four it's it's how do you how do you fit work around the needs around your life so um you know the the digital technology has allowed us to move to a different place from where we were five years ago you know businesses need a digital platform to allow people to be agile and quite frankly so much can be done outside of the office without people even recognizing if people are there or not and it's obviously based on trust that needs to to have you need to have trust between line managers leaders and 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 the the people Um, and I think people need to step up and not leave those in the office or those in their team whatever the situation is in the lurch you know there needs to be a higher level of communication probably and all kinds of things but we need to um, you know, in this movement, we need to uh, train managers to manage, leaders to lead. And it's about leading for outputs or managing for outputs rather than presenteeism. And um, and I think that that's a big part of changing structures is, is just teaching um, and coaching people how to lead people in the way the new the new office and the corporate structure should look like. Mm. And, and I think what's really driving this is, is the the change in values in our millennials, which we all know about. We, we know they, they value different things than the, than the X generation and the baby boomers. And, and work and home and um, the experience they want in life will look very different from those that go before them. Hmm. And so, so talk to me a little bit about um, the role of real estate balance in, in this and how you guys are sort of helping with that education I suppose mm. helping with those tools that enable um, the 30 year old guy in, in a business to feel that he is just as empowered as the 30 year old woman in, in the business to um, feel inclu- included in 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 the in the way forward for, for real estate to feel that he has just as much um, of a role in diversity as, as she does mm. Well, I think um, I think so much of what I've been doing since joining has been having conversations, and a lot of what what the conversations start with is just talking about the research. So, the research that that we did, um, there were eight hundred and forty four individuals who replied. Forty five percent were men, fifty five percent were women. So, so were women. So, right there, you've got a pretty well balanced response, and um, Again, the number one, we asked the question, what's what's the number one reason for, for women not moving into senior positions? And that was they just the work-life balance. They can't manage it and, and women are, are stepping out. And then what is the number one um, thing we can do to, to retain women into senior positions? And that was agile and flexible working, as well as there's a big gap between culture and behaviors and so forth. So so if we just look at the data and, and the feedback that's coming from the industry, and this was an industry-wide survey, not just real estate balance members, you know, that that's the starting point. And so as as we take this out to businesses, it's it's been um, again the feedback that we're getting that um, that that we've talked about in this in this already. And so what what we need to do is recognize what we're hearing. You know, we we recently had a roundtable of leaders, and again the mental health for men came up interestingly enough. And in fact, they're worried about their job prospects. They're worried about you know where how they position themselves 
in the world, quite frankly. And so I just, I think that whilst we try and, and get ourselves to a place of being viewed from an equal position, and this is about equality, this isn't about one being better than the other. And it's really about actually how do we, how do we stop the minority um, exclusions that are taking place and create workplaces for equality for all. So, so what we're, what this has really been identified through the work that we've done or the work that, that just some, again, the conversations we've been having um, in the course of the past 10 months or so. And it, it's brought it to a point where we want to um, actively look at how we engage with middle management. So again, we're just seeing this gap and this, gis- this disconnect. So how can we help businesses um, with practical tools? How can we provide feedback f- of the lived experience up through management and leadership? How can we help, you know, what we're doing is, is looking at, at communicating to, to executive teams. This isn't just about one leader wanting change. You know, let's talk to all the executive team. Let's get everybody on board. And then that needs to be filtered down into again um, their senior leaders and and middle management and how do we so we're trying to create practical tools and that's what a lot of our events are trying to do and we're really needing to open it up to our full membership now so again this is all sounding very boring and practical but Mm -hmm. it's 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 responding to what we're hearing responding to what our members are saying and responding to the research and the data and you you made a point there about um you know it's not just about the the leader here that it has to sort of filter down through and I think in you know when it comes to um flexibility in a, in a workplace I think um you're sort of bang, bang on there because there are plenty of leaders out there who are you know banging the diversity drum and they they mean it mm-hmm. uh, you know it's not just just for show but uh getting that to filter down through a business mm. is is really really difficult and i think um you know we we talked about um this the stigma that there is around shared parental leave still mm. um and i'm sure i'm sure that will go away but these things take take time and and there will be people in middle management probably women as well as men who mm. look on uh, those um, millennials or whoever that takes um, shared parental leave with a bit of like, mm, well, you're you're just taking that because you can get six months six months off. <laughs> um, and you know, I'd probably admit that I would. There would be an element of me that would think think that. And I know from from women that I've talked to that have said, oh, you know, you could do shared parental leave, and it's like I'm not. I'm not giving him six months off. You know, I'm going to take the take the whole the whole time. It's it's my it's my right sort of thing. I've you know, I've had to carry this child, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a, a year off. I know it's not a year off, um, but um, so so getting that message to mean something to everyone mm. at every level is is a challenge, isn't it? Mm. I think it is, but for me, you know, parenthood doesn't look like one thing, mm. and. The fundamental thing for me is we need to give people choices for how they want to manage their lives in and outside of work. And if we can provide people choices, some will do it very traditionally and some will not. And so it's really, you know, this again, it just comes back to talent. So how do you get, how do you, you know, how do you create an environment where you can attract the right talent? How do you manage that environment and have a, an authentic culture to then retain the talent that you want? And how do you get your 
talent to be happy and most productive. So there's a business driver here for sure. And, and, and actually culture, um, just that the culture piece and, and happy and engaged and empowered people is so important to productivity and retention. And there are all kinds of benefits to that. I don't need to go into, but um, so for me, it, it's not one way. And that's why when we talk about agile working or, you know, maternity, paternity, it, it's just so much more than about having children. Mm. And it's a big part of it because most of us still have children. So, but the, the people, the, there are growing numbers of women who don't have children. And in fact, you know, again, if we look across the diversity spectrum, their, their ethnicity or religious needs to have flexibility in, um, in different ways. And we've got an aging population. So we're all gonna be looking after our parents very shortly in, um, in all various forms of care. Um, we're an international global society now. My parents are in Canada. That's a challenge as that happens. Um, you know, and not to mention that people who don't want children have amazing personal aspirations that they might want time off for, or they want to educate themselves and do master's programs, or whatever it is. It's about providing choice. And when you have happy and engaged people, they're just they're just going to produce better for you as a business leader um, or in their businesses. And they're going to be, yeah, it's just a no brainer to me. Yeah. <laughs> so who does it well? Not necessarily in, in real estate. Is there, is there a standout business out there that, you know, we should all try and emulate? Or I, th learn I from? think, I think they're, it's really, it's really difficult because, um, it's very difficult to name names and and not name others. So I don't want to name some and exclude others. I think businesses are, I think those with authentic leaders that are genuinely wearing this agenda and behaving and acting um, authentically to this agenda are those where it starts to permeate through the business. Um, and I think those those cultures are never perfect. Culture is not perfect, and and it takes a while to to deliver a culture. But you know, the probably the most successful businesses I've seen are where you've got a leader who who is genuinely authentic about this, uh, genuinely invests in his people or her people, and cares about their people, and um, and is 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 just connected and then empowering their people because one person can't do it it has to keep running through the business so i think there are people doing it well and or companies doing parts of it well and others not but um i think it's tough to keep naming the same names if i'm honest <laughs> <laughs> don't want to give them all a limelight do, do you think that we've got to a tipping point now with um the, f the favor being too much in in women's favor do you think that uh, it's a uh, it's a difficult question to ask because y you know there are hundreds of years of evidence of of women maybe being pushed down and you know we had something horrible to happen with them with me too to mm. which is ena enabled this um, uh, a voice to to be heard and for women to say actually no I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up and, and fight but it has on the other hand left men feeling 
um, maybe that they're put, pushed a little bit aside, not knowing what they can say and what they can't say. So uh, mm. has it has the balance flipped a little little bit too much, and do we need to reseek that balance, or is this all part of the sort of the evolution that will bring us to? that sort of perfect equilibrium i think it's the evolution towards balance because we're not balanced yet and in fact um where there where men might feel there's positive discrimination around women being appointed for certain roles well you know at some point you know we want to get to a balance a gender balance in businesses and when we get to a gender balance if we just start with gender because it's much more than that at least we then have levels of seniority that are making decisions, debating things differently in the boardroom, looking at hiring policies or hiring panels that are diverse in terms of who we bring into businesses. So we have to probably go through an uncomfortable phase of what feels like an imbalance to get to a point where we are balanced. So, you know, we've had societal norms that have just been in favor of men for centuries. So you know, if we're going to break out of that, there's going to be an uncomfortable period. And I think that, you know, this for me and what I, what, what I really enjoy talking to businesses about is that this is no longer a choice. This is actually a, it's business imperative that you figure out how you are able to create a business that is attractive to all kinds of diverse, um, people coming into it. Uh, Again, we we're this this whole mission is about diversity of thought and creating your um, creating a business that reflects the customer we serve. And at the moment, we're so out of kilter with both those things. So, so if we um, we we just need to continue um, again, you know, just working towards being an attractive business, if this is business critical, you can hire people, but it doesn't necessarily mean you can retain them. So what are you going to do? And what are you going to implement in terms of that culture to retain them? And then how do you become most productive? And um, how do you then start to serve your customer appropriately with that diverse um, talent within your business? And it is industry asking those people enough what what it is that attracts and retains them and what kind of working environment they not only want but I, I suppose need or is, is it is it this is what I think I need to do to attract people and the you know the sort of um, top-down approach or is it really taking in information from the people coming coming into the business and and building the culture around that well i think i mean if we look at the basics it people often don't leave a job they leave their line manager Mm -hmm. because they you know and again the verbatim comments that we have in our um survey are that people are not they're, they're, they, they don't so many people do not respect the relationship they have with their line manager they're not being managed well they're not being inspired they're certainly not having career um, progression conversations they're certainly not having those career conversations in relation to family planning so people feel like they're they're just they're operating on their own in a bit of a vacuum and so you know really if we just look at how we empower our people within businesses to be you know, with the tools to actually have the right conversations and to create an environment for their people to succeed. And, um, 
so I, I'm not, you know, I don't have the answer. I don't think you can, I don't think there is one answer, but it, it's really about how you, if you come into a business, what is it that you expect? You know, are you being developed? Are you being valued? Are you being communicated with in terms of well, all kinds of things? Um, so I, I think it's it's multidimensional, really. Hmm. I, I liked the um, the idea around this only works if there's authentic authenticity there, and it's you know it's an easy word to throw around, isn't it? Authenticity, and, and you do hear it a lot. But it's also a very very powerful word, and I think something that in in business there probably hasn't been a huge amount of it and I think we can you know there are companies that we can pull out and you can see you know oh there's an authentic leader there but what a a public perception of a firm particularly a listed firm and mm. you know if we're we're honest and we look at the the studies particularly in real estate that people don't think that this is an industry that is full of authentic mm. people it, you know it has a a certain view that it is a you know fat cat um greedy industry which elements of it are of course the elements mm. of every business are but it also it's a uh, an industry that we're increasingly seeing cares and mm. wants to do do right it you know it, it is so dependent on talent and and people and um retaining those that um that it, that it has to be authentic now so I, I guess I wonder, um, with that very long-winded um, question there, whether uh, when we talk about um, diversity and inclusion, we should act, we should stop using those words and stop talking about gender and um, ethnicity and all those things, and actually start talking about authenticity. And because if we are authentic about wanting to do do well, to have a purpose, mm. then the rest of the stuff kind of sorts itself mm. out, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. But <laughs> just change um, the word. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, it's um, you know, it's about it's about respect and inclusion and it's it's about um just respecting who's the human being that's sitting across from you and as a, you know, as a as a manager, as a leader, understanding just you know, they're going to be difficult conversations and difficult questions. We can't know the answers to all of them. I I'm a true believer of not being afraid of asking the question. Um, and I think that's a lot of the challenge is, is sometimes people feel like they're a bit guarded because they don't quite know what's politically correct in, in having that conversation. But, you know, it's, 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 about, it's about showing respect and kindness and graciousness to the people that we work with. Sure. Having a safe space as well, I suppose, to, to ask those questions without fear of um, judgment or, or anything. Yeah, and I, th I think if we don't know how to operate in that space or what questions to ask, then go research it. You know, one of the things on this conversation about about men is that, um, I mean, first of all, one thing that has been massively enlightening and I've been really encouraged by in terms of the, the leadership, so if I just focus on the male leadership of our membership, I've been just so pleasantly surprised by how authentic so many of our leaders and we've got 80 corporate members now genuinely genuinely want a better environment for their people and their business they genuinely want to tackle this and more than anything else they're struggling with how to do it and and how to get change running right through their business so we are trying to help with that 
and it does start with making it a strategic priority which many of them are doing um but it so it's been i i'm actually i really um want to applaud the the leadership in our sector and i've uh, I, I'm really happy about it. Having come in, and I think I said this at, at the flagship when you know I was quite pessimistic about how difficult this was going to be, and in fact, we're pushing on an open door, and we just need to help each other get there. Um, so, and I think the thing that that I th- that's really important when maybe men are coming a bit unstuck or they feel, um, you know, they're feel feeling hard done by in this in this. I, I want to say movement. It's not a movement. It just in the way things are now um, is actually businesses need men, male and female, men and women leadership, and they need good managers. And and I think if you get too focused on, you're not going to get the promotion because a woman's going to get it. You're not focusing on the right things. You know, I if I was if I was a young man and as a young as as not sorry not a young woman as a woman, um, I'm asking myself always you know how do I self develop? Where are my areas for improvement? What does the business need from me to get better at? So I would my advice um, or response to men pushing back on this is, what does your business need from you? You know they need leaders to who want to genuinely have diverse teams who can lead diverse teams who can hire diverse teams who can empower diverse teams so you know if anything focus on that and focus on how you will come out and rise to the top rather than push back on on something negative or or what or perceived to be negative excellent and i think you know it's a it's a it's a great place to sort of wrap up the conversation that this is about individuals it's not about male or female it's about creating places where individual individuals can be their their best individual self and Mm -hmm. and that if you have great people in your business then you have a great business and and that's what it's all about at the end Mm -hmm. of the day isn't it and if we can make sure that everyone is feeling empowered enough to to go and seize that opportunity regardless of um, their gender the color of their skin their background whatever it is if they if they are in a situation where they feel that they have the power to do that then surely any great things can can happen 